Chris P was a dear friend of mine and a clinical therapist with degrees from uh, Bastyr and University of Washington. Uh, Chris has been a, a, just an inspirational part of my life for a number of years now, uh, both working together in restaurants and now working together in the healing field. Um, it's uh, just an esteemed pleasure to sit down with Chris and talk with him. He's probably one of the most animated people that I have conversations with. I mean, we could talk about paint drying and make it funny in some kind of way. So uh, we talk about a lot of stuff here, his path, um, our ideas on self-healing and the building of community and the, and the importance of that. So uh, we cover a lot of cool topics in a very comedic kind of way, uh, but a lot of depth to it. So hope you have a good time with this conversation. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the show. I didn't know what else. <laughs> you uh, just get you stared blankly at me. Yeah, I'm like, totally. okay, that's <laughs> how we do, man. All of a sudden, we're having a conversation. I stop. You look at me funny, and then we're starting our. I thought then we're starting you were having a, a stroke, actually. Yeah, Cal- <laughs> quick, say your ABCs. Yeah, <laughs> right. The happy birthday. Song. You smell burnt toast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So sitting across from me today is uh, one of the dudes that I love the most in life. He, uh, we've known each other for a number of years. We met in restaurants. We've continued our friendship outside of that. Um, we've both, uh, are on our own healing paths for ourselves, as well as helping others find their healing paths. Uh, Chris has a, a, a clinical degree in, in psychology from Bastyr and from UW. Um, so he's got a very, very, uh, westernized and clinical side for his, his schooling, but he also embraces spirituality. And so one of the things are many things we'll talk about today, but one of the things we'll focus on is how blending of that spirituality with Western medicine and that ideology kind of works with you. Um, but outside of that, I mean, you heard us open up just laughing our asses off. We've been rolling for about 10 minutes now just talking about shit that we can't put on the air because it's just, <laughs> it would be edited out because it's too funny. Uh, so, or we'd uh, be arrested. Or we'd be arrested, yeah. <laughs> one of the two. You know, it depends. I guess it depends on which state you're in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Psychologically and physically. There you go. Exactly. Ah, yes. See yes, what I there? I do. Zoom. Yeah. Things Flying I see. In. Yeah. So, Chris, fucking welcome, man. Love but, having you here, man. Yeah, man. It was good. Did my mom pay you to say those nice things about me? She did. Yeah, she did. checks in the mail. Yeah. Oh, it's a check. And it's a reoccurring. Good. Yes. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, $10 a month. Yeah. yeah, for $10 a month, you too can yeah. feed a crisp you. Right. <laughs> it was weird because I was like, why is he wearing me make a, making me wear a bicycle helmet? I don't know. I'm sitting down, but I'm indoors. <laughs> like, I have a Batman lunch pail. You yeah. never know, man. You never know. No, it's great. It's great to be here, man. I love this. I lo- this is an awesome place. For those people people listening, it's a very, very, very welcoming environment here. It's very oh, relaxed. I love you, it. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You kick it back. You know, we have the nice windows. We have air conditioning here. Yeah, and not something a lot of our Washingtonian friends have. Did you? How how did that pan out for you during this massive heat wave? We had an air conditioning party. We had people come over. It's like, hey man, if you're hot, you got really? pets, you got things you need to do. Come on over here. But, we got air conditioning. But didn't that make it more hot with like all the bodies in here? Oh, we only had a few people take us up on it. Oh, but, so but, then it wasn't a party. It was well, more just like a, a gathering. More than anybody that's here that lives here. Is I'm a just party. saying, man, your words. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, man. Yeah, fiesta. I had a we we we. I, well, I bought this like. $50 little portable AC unit uh-huh. that the poor thing is like, I might as well just throw it out because like <laughs> there was a, like I, I was sitting on my couch just basically in my boxers, just yeah passed dude. out dead with the, like the AC unit just pointed directly down. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was sweltering. It was not good. Well, see, that's what, you know, okay. So I respect the fact you don't have social media because I, I understand like social media can kind of suck. And I, I personally use social media only for advertising <clears throat> and, you know, promoting the stuff that I do in life mm-hmm. and things like that. But 
But had you had social media, you would have seen that I was promoting the air conditioning party and you could have come and hung out. You could have just texted me. Yeah, see, that's an extra step. <laughs> you know? See, if I, if I post on Instagram, it automatically posts to my Facebook I have a I have a Hotmail account. Oh, you can, oh not or, AOL? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dial up, dude. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, you can, you know, send a pigeon mail out there. It'll get to me eventually. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'll, carry your pigeon. Seven, yeah, handwritten letter, I'll respond in the seven to ten business days. I love that. Yes, we'll do it old school style. We're downgrading. Fuck that upgrading stuff, man. We're downgrading. Yeah. I never got in. I had, you know what's funny is I had a MySpace page for, like, when it first came out. Okay. I think I just, I got as far as putting my name and birthday. Well, MySpace back in the day was hard, man. You had to be, like, a computer coder. You know, there was, like, you couldn't yeah. just, like, put a picture on there. You had to, like, find the coding, find the part of the coding that accepted your Britney Spears picture you wanted to make what? as your background. <laughs> and then upload said Britney Spears picture. I'm right, like, come on. right. Right, yeah, hit me baby one more time was you the know. mantra to my life at that oh, point. Come on, but still I, live and that. You're, I know, <laughs> but that's probably why I gave up because it was just a lot. Of, I was like, ah, this is, I'm not behind this. Yep. Yeah, and then so much, so much pressure to be in somebody's top eight, you know, top eight friends. I don't remember if you oh, remember but, that. No, I didn't get that. Far. You used to be able to choose your friends that people would see as your top friends, right? God, what a dick thing. Yeah, man. right. So you'd be like, why did Becky take me out of her top eight? Oh my god, fuck, Becky. man, fucking Becky. <laughs> Just kidding, Becky. Love you, Becky. Yeah. I know Becky's out there. Shout out to the yeah, hood. Big shout out, Becky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun interview, man. I love this. This is yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so okay. So, Chris and I met at Diamond Knot uh, Brewery down in Muckleteo. And uh, we uh, just kind of hit it off right away. Uh, you were going to school at that time uh, for... I was. I think I was. Yeah, because I, I had left Diamond Knot after I graduated um, yep. from the UW. So I was going balls to the wall, finishing up my Yeah, my you were degree. deep in it, man. Because you were – so at that point, when I met you, you were not only going through your sobriety, but you were heavy, heavy into working out. And you were also heavy, heavy into school. Mm-hmm. And you were working like probably 40 hours a week or something. Yeah, I was doing I mean, 35 you were... to 40 hours a week. I was training – at one point, training for a full <laughs> marathon – um, so I was running mm-hmm. basically from Snohomish to Lake Stevens, oh, which was, Christ. yeah, that's, the, <laughs> you realize like when, when you're running, like that, however far out you go, you have to come you back. Have to come back. Yeah. And that's a real, I didn't learn that before. Yeah. I should have learned. Yeah. <laughs> then you got out yeah, the first that, time and you're like, I seriously, I was running I on the Centennial, <laughs> <laughs> I was running on the Centennial trail and I got out and I saw a sign that says, welcome to Lake Stevens. And I was just like, fuck. Oh damn, Natalie! Uh, Natalie, yeah. come it was like up. pissing rain too, and I'm just like, this is the worst. <laughs> yeah. But then I just pretended I was Ryan Gosling running through the running through the rain. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. You know, shirt open and everything. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would have followed you. <laughs> there were a lot of stray dogs behind yeah. me. I don't know. <laughs> You're the Pied Piper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I had uh, but no. So yeah, I was doing. I was finishing up my degree, and I was getting ready to um, getting all my stuff in, in in order to practice or to uh, apply for graduate school. Mm. Um, you know, which is letters of recommendation, um, you know, in between their planning a wedding and in between their, you know, working within the, the, I wasn't necessarily involved in the 12 step groups at the time. I was kind of on my way out, but I was still active in the community of recovery and trying mm-hmm. to, you know, really just be of service and to try to help as many people along the way. Um, but that time in my life was just nuts. Yeah. It was just nuts. But yeah. I don't know how I came out on top. I think it was just, it, well, to your credit, man, every time, every time we talked, every time I saw you at work, you, you had your shit together. You had a smile on your face. You had direction that you were moving into. I was you doing were... whippets in the cooler. Perfect. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I think the, the mentality, I, well, I felt directions from people that were on the path or had walked the path before me. Cause I kind of adopted this mentality of like, you know, 
it's only impossible if I make it impossible. It's only mm. as hard as I make it, right? Yeah. And knowing that, like, where I came from in terms of, like, I would always say to myself, like, okay, imagine going back and talking to yourself when you're sitting on the corner outside of the jail crying, mm. right? And then saying to yourself, yeah, guess what? One day you're going to be the keynote speaker at the University of Washington yeah. <laughs> graduation ceremony. Like, you're going to be okay, right? So I kind of always had that as an, my anchor, no matter yeah. how hard it got. And I just, I kind of thrived off of this, this, this challenge of like, because, you know, the average age for the student there was 21 mm. or 19 to 21, especially for the degree. And I was 27 at the time. Okay. And so in the scheme of things, you know, I was the quote unquote old man, older right. student. But I think it, it, it made me appreciate it that much more because like, you know, I wasn't going there to, you know, for the social life. I wasn't right. going there. I was going there because it was my passion and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I just kept saying, well, why not me? You yeah. know what I mean? Why not me? I, I can, I can, I can do it. And so. Yeah, you could, man. And you, to be, to be fair, man, I saw you do it. You did it at work every day, right? People would, the staff would come to you with their problems. The 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 tables that you would wait on would come to you with uh, would talk to you about their issues, and it was it was just so nonchalant. You were just you would just give great advice, you know, to whoever was in front of you. Yeah, and uh, and it was it was it was received well, you know, and it was it's just you had a beautiful way of transitioning between. You know, being coworker Chris, or you know, uh, me being a boss, and you being technically, you know, an employee or staff member, mm -hmm. to giving me great advice. You know, it's like you you just had this way of just like, okay, let's take the the labels aside. We're we're both human beings. Let's talk about human being shit. Cool. Yeah. Here's some advice. Well, I think <laughs> you'd be surprised how great my advice sounds after two or more alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> That's the precursor. Yeah, two, right. Two drink minimum before Here's you come talk long, to me. Yeah, two Long Islands. Everything I'm going to say is going to be oh, wonderful. Um, no, I think, I don't know, man. I just, I, I just speak from the heart, you know what I mean? And I, I, it's and you know, this as well, that like when you have a, a history that's peppered with a lot of struggles and a lot mm. of pain and, and, and then also with a lot of perseverance, um, you just kind of get this, this sense of like, well, it seems selfish of me to keep that for myself. Right. And so when you run into people that are struggling in some way, right. I think there's this power of being able to identify with like, yeah, I've been there, I've gone through it, or I felt that fear, or I felt that shame, or I felt that guilt. Mm -hmm. And it's possible to get through it. And I think a lot of people get just stuck in this mud of like, because it's so bad right now, or because right. of stuff I'm going through, like, it's never going to end. Right. And I, I know that I felt that. And, and because, you know, Mike, for example, mm -hmm. you know, one of the guys that reached out to me and said, yeah, no matter how bad it feels right now, it's, it's going to, it's going to get better. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I guess that's, you know, I just kind of took that and I, I still have that today. And I, I just, that's my, my, my payback for the, for the second chance of life that I got, I guess. Oh yeah. I love that. And you know, one of the, one of the things that, that, that pieces of advice, it was hard, hard, hard to accept when I heard it. Cause when I heard it, I was not in a place, I was in a place of pain and a place of anger, a place of suffering. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, um, but we, we never, our biggest growth points come from the shittiest parts of life. Like when things are coasting and great and everything's happy and everything's great, moving in the way that you yeah. wanted to, you're not really learning much. You're, you're appreciating, you're embracing the hard work you've done, which is great. But those growth moments, those hard moments that we grow from mm -hmm. come from the shitty places in life. Like yeah. when we, when everything falls apart for whatever reason, when a loved one passes away or, you know, some big thing happens in life where it takes us out of that joyous place and puts us back into like not necessarily fight or flight, but that struggle of having to fight back to get to knowing where you can, knowing sure. that happiness you can get towards. Mm -hmm. But but that growth point of like, shit, okay, now I know where to go. I know how to get there, but I'm in this bad place. Yeah. 
let's start that trek to get back there. You yeah. Know? Well, I think it's, it's, I heard a quote once that really resonated with me. That was only when you've been through the lowest of the valleys, can you know how magnificent it is to stand on the highest of the peaks. Right. And when you look at that, like I've never met anyone that's like, everything's going really, really well in their life and they've done a cartwheel out of bed and they're like, I'm learning so much about myself. <laughs> Finances are great. Relationships great. Like this is God, I'm just unpacking so much self right now. Right. Right. Like when you're in it, Right, you're in it. You get tested for your values and your morals and your standards and what you really believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you're susceptible to a lot of things, whether it's a positive narrative or a negative narrative. Um, and the internal dialogue is a big one with that. Yeah. Um, but when you get through it, right, and you find that you're able to prove to yourself that you can get through it, mm-hmm. you get to stick that in your memory bank and say, okay, yeah, there was a period where I thought it wouldn't end, but it did. Yeah. And the sun, the sun rose, and I was able to come out on top for it. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't mean you can't feel it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't feel it. Man. And you, you should feel it. I think, you know, you, if you're in those places, like if you're in joy, feel joy, embrace that joy. If you're mm-hmm. in pain and suffering, know why you're there. You don't try to, don't try to push that away and be like, oh, I'm going to ignore that. It's like, you've gotten to that point for a reason. Sure. So find out why you're there because that understanding of why you're there unlocks the key to getting out of that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I totally agree. Uh, and one of the things that really resonated with me, one of my professors said that, um, ask yourself, like fact check yourself and, hmm. and kind of be curious. Just hold on to the word curious as to why you're feeling joy, why you're feeling fear, why you're feeling feeling shame. Because there's really no negative, well, there's no good or bad unless you assign a label to it. Yes, totally. You yeah. Know? Was that Shakespeare? Was that Shakespeare? I, it's, it's I, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds very much like Shakespeare. Yeah. Fact check me, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Jamie's my fake intern yeah, over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> But no, there's not. And it's like, but, 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 but it makes this, this powerful difference where it's like, if you're just curious about why you're feeling the way you're feeling, especially when you're in a rut, like, or especially when you're struggling, like there's a lot of power with that. Like, why am I struggling? Okay. Well, once you find that out, why is that? Mm -hmm. Keep asking why, right? Because then when you get to the root of it, it's like, you know, it's fear, right? Typically it's, it's always going to be fear, fear of losing what you got or not getting what you want. Mm -hmm. Right. Like fear of the sense of like, well, I have a danger with myself or somebody else is in danger. I'm feeling vulnerable or something like that. And, you know, especially when there's so many external stimuli, stimuli that are coming at you that are making you feel that way. Right. Right. Like you're feeling that way because you're giving them the power to do that. Yes. Which is a weird, it's a weird thing, man. Like you, you, you don't have to let that energy in, but you're choosing to let it in Mm -hmm. and then you're assigning the label of negativity to it. Right. Right. But that's all happening in your own head. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, that's uh, so I've talked about Vipassana before I'm on this podcast, but one of the things that I, that I love about Vipassana, two things that you just brought up. One is that, you know, when we can't grow through, or we, we don't typically grow through positive points in life, right? Yeah. I mean, there is growth that can happen, but, you know, the, the big deep growth comes from, like, digging yourself out. And so with Vipassana, for example, like, we, it's a 10-day silent meditation, right? So you're 10 days of no talking, no reading, no writing, no anything. Obviously, you, you don't have any physical stimuli. You can't exercise anything. Basically, what you do is there's 11 hours a day of meditation, you have two meals and outside of eating, sleeping and meditating, there's walking paths, right? So you can, can you walk go to the bathroom. If you, if you meditate while you're <laughs> no, of course you can go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, but, um, but you know, it, we, we do that because it's, uh, it gives you an opportunity to live a monastic type of life, right? Sure. So you can understand like what that goes through because not all of us can dedicate ourselves to like that spiritual religious practice, whatever it is. We, we are still what they call householders. You know, we still have to give to society and be a part of society. And so they're basically giving us the, the opportunity to 
you know, hash out a lot of the stuff that we stimulate ourselves to forget, mm-hmm. you know, but from over Netflixing or, you know, exercising too much and things like that to not actually work through the problems that we have. So you take all that extra stimulus, uh, excuse me, stimulus away and you focus on the shit that you haven't dealt with. Right. Yeah. And so that's a great, great way. And I use great in very, very big air quotes. It's like they actually call Vipassana a retreat. Mm-hmm. No, you want to retreat from it. Like it is one of the most hardest things I've ever done in my life. The retreat word is just to like make it seem all bougie to get you there. And then it's like, <laughs> here's the hardest work you've ever done in your life. Everything that you've turned your back from right. is now magnified 1080 fucking oh, IDP man. right in front of your face. Right. It's right, right there. Um, so I love it for that because it gets you back into that point of, okay, I'm going to go through all the shit that I haven't gone through so I can grow through it and accept it and move through it in a healthy way. But the other side of that too is that it teaches you to, like what you said, look at the things in your life with equanimity, right? Yeah. So not putting a label to it. So one of the, the meditation technique of, of Vipassana is to scan your body. And as you scan mm-hmm. the body from head to toe, you, um, you're, you're trying to identify points of interest, right? And let's say there is a point of interest in my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be a pain, right? But if I label it as pain, right? If I label it as pain, sorry, I had a little, uh, I'll probably edit that <laughs> out. <laughs> but if I, if I scan my shoulder and I, and I feel something, I yeah. label that as pain, every mm-hmm. time I feel it, I'm going to have a negative reaction to it because it's painful. It shouldn't be there, right? Because of the label you're assigning Exactly, it. Mm-hmm. yeah. And if I label it as good, like, oh, that's a nice feeling. That's good. But if, if I come back to it again and that feeling's not there, I'm going to create sorrow because that joyous feeling's not there anymore, mm-hmm. right? So I'm putting a label on it and then I'm tying, I'm tying an emotion to it. Mm-hmm. So if I scan my body and I notice a sensation in my left shoulder and I label it as a sensation, just that, right? It's just sensation, just something mm-hmm. to put a point of interest. And then I take my breath and I send breath to that shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so as I'm starting to focus on it, that sensation that I feel starts to come up to the surface. And as it comes to the surface, it starts to dissipate, it dissipates, and then it goes away. Right. And so what they call that, those points of interest are called sankalpas. And sankalpa is a word that means basically it's the things you've not dealt with in your life. Right. So let's say my dad, my dad passed away from me. My dad passed away 12 years ago. Um, I wasn't in a healthy point in life. I buried that shit. I got a couple tattoos of my dad. I thought that was like, you know, honoring him. And I love these tattoos, but I never processed the grief. You know, and that became a big, big sankalpa in my life, right? Yeah. It landed right in my hips. And so for me, you know, I, I buried that. But as I started doing Vipassana meditation, I would identify that sensation and giving it a focus and giving it attention. Just like, you know, uh, I, I'll equate this back to restaurants because that's where we both came from. But it's like a, a guest that was upset that their quesadilla was cold, right? A big portion of the time that guest doesn't want anything for free. They don't want any like compensation for it. They just want to be heard. They just want to say, Hey, just so you know, this was cold. And just so the, the next guest doesn't get one. I don't need anything for free. I just wanted you to know it was cold. Sure. Right. Same kind of idea with these sankalpas. We don't need to do a lot of work on it. We just need to give them the attention they deserve. Right. We buried it without ever giving them attention. So it's like, Hey, Hey, pain or hey sensation in my hip i see you i notice you i embrace you i love you i'm sending empathy towards you i'm sending all the love that i have in my body towards this thing that i that's in my hip yeah and through that it's going to start to come to the surface and then dissipate and go away wow and that's you know that's one of the things i love about vipassana is the deeper you start to go the deeper those sankalpas start to come out Mm -hmm. a lot of them are on the surface a lot of them get deep down into the tissues a lot of them get logged into the bones and the joint areas right and so the more deeper we can scan our bodies the deeper we can start to pull that stuff out yeah you know so it's just it's it's a beautiful way to put in a controlled way put yourself into a 
kind of a, a place of maybe considered depressive meditation, dep- depressive contemplation, or just a place of really deep um, searching for the pains in your life to deal with them in a healthy way, bringing them up, and then to get get through those things. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it amazing, I think, how we're just naturally designed to run away from pain? Right. Anything that's just <clears throat> presence of discomfort or yeah. resistance or grief or a lot. Like, we're just... We're interesting creatures. We just yeah. don't don't, don't want to like, deal with we it. Don't want to deal with it. But it shows up, however many years later. Got to keep coming back. It's going to keep coming back. Yeah. Um, and I like you kind of a, a touched on this in terms of grief and loss and, and the idea of it not being linear. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you can believe to yourself that you've processed something, but <laughs> but at the same time, I think we subconsciously just kind of you're right. We bury it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that that fear of like I don't want to feel pain. Yeah. I don't want to feel it. And so the easiest way is just to not look at it. If I could forget about it and let it go and just push it aside, then why not that? Right. Mm-hmm. But eventually we now know, eventually we have to deal with that stuff. Right. And it, I think it shows up too in, in the sense of like your, your affect and like how you're treating people and how you're interacting with the world. Most and definitely. I mean, and like, you know, if you're being an overall dick, there's probably some stuff that you haven't processed. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there, I can't remember, I was listening to a podcast or, or some, I think it was Charles Eisenstein, he was talking a while back, but he had this uh, this great statement where, and, and it, it's, you know, as soon as I heard it, it just, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, but it's, so we now know about the human body, we know uh, somatic responses to, uh, to calm the fight or flight, you know, parasympathetic nerve system down, right? So we know that we can, we have, we have breath work that we can do. We know we have meditations we can do. We know we have, uh, shit, you can take a walk with, with no shoes on in the grass, right? Things like that, these somatic responses to calm our bodies down, but we have to search these, these methodologies out. They're not taught to us. So we have every single tool within our own body to calm ourselves down, to get ourselves out of depression, to get ourselves out of anxiety, but we're never taught this until we seek it out. But we're taught who signed the Declaration of Independence at what year at what fucking time yeah. for whatever fucking yeah. reason that we're going to never even remember that unless you go on Jeopardy or some fucking game show, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so why are we taught – and I'm not, I'm not discounting the knowledge we're taught, but why aren't we taught ways to physically calm ourselves down, to physically get back into our own bodies, to, to use the bodies that we have to medicate ourselves – when we're at a young age, why, you know, it's just like, it's such a great, interesting point to say, like, where, where is that schooling and where are we going to start changing to understand the body mm-hmm. to then under, cause if we can understand our body, then the knowledge and everything will start to, I mean, that, that seems like a natural puzzle piece to fit in there, but let's figure out us first. Why do we tick? Why do we cry? Why do we need to process stuff? Why do we need to move our bodies? Why do we need, why does sedentary life not work for us? Mm -hmm. You know, why do we, why does deep breath work upregulate DMT and oxytocin and serotonin in the system Mm -hmm. when we can do that instead of taking a pill, right? Oh boy. Yeah. See, there, there you go. You're tapping into it. And I think that there's a, a, a buddy of mine asked me just the other day, he's like, what would it be like with the whole world? Like, like at a young age, started learning about mindfulness. Right. And you're like, oh, well, you know, <clears throat> eliminate poverty, right. world war, <laughs> you know. But I think there's a, you, you said the, the magic thing, you know, take a pill. Yeah. Right. Like I think, especially in the Western, what's that sound? Oh, that's my chair. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. It's the, you know, in the Western society, especially over here in the United States of America, America, you know, America, we're so designed to be like 
go, 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 get ahead, hmm. you know, go through, you know, one through 12, this like kind of merit system and then don't talk about your feelings. Right. Don't acknowledge them, especially don't do any like meditative work or holistic healing, right? Like get to it, go, 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 get to the nine to five, anything, any problems that you have, go to the hospital, get a pill, go back to the nine to five, go, 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 yep. go. Right. And then we wonder why we're fucking miserable. Right. Did you know 85, I think it's like 85% of known heart attacks happen between 8 and 9 a.m. on Monday morning. Oh, that's terrible to think about. Oh, because people are so ang- pe- anxious are, to go to work. They're dying to go to work. Oh, fucking hell. That's terrible. You know? That's a but great that, joke. That's it, a terrible they, joke. They, <laughs> <laughs> it's a ter- but it's true. Like, and like, you look oh, at like, man. I mean, it shows up in the high blood pressure, the, the obesity that we have in this in this culture, and the lack of integrative of Eastern medicine, right. meditative practice. I mean, fortunately, there's kind of, I don't want to say the woke culture, culture, but like there is a movement now that's coming up where it's like, there's a lot of research, tons of research studies that are academic you know, peer reviewed journals mm-hmm. about, you know, the benefits of yoga, the benefit of healthy nutrition, the benefit of meditation and mindfulness and how that affects your body, pharmacomatic, you mm-hmm. know, the biopsychosocial model, you know, and everything. And it's now just starting to be explored and recommended. Right. Um, but it's taken us to 2021. I mean, you look at, you know, like Buddhist practices that have been going on for right. hundreds of, I mean, they had this stuff figured out a long time ago. Yep, definitely. You know, but we can't to pull our heads out of our own asses and just be like, God, Grant, get some humility and learn. Right, exactly. <laughs> you no, know? We, we've got it figured we've out. We've got it, yeah. yeah everything's go, under go, control. Go, go, go. Fluorescent lights, cubicle. Totally. That's what yes, I want. Pop in the air, we'll be fine. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's uh you know, I I I I don't tie myself to a religion or like a specific doctrine, but I do find myself um, embracing more of the Eastern spirituality religions, yeah. you know, like uh, you know, Buddhism, Taoism, and Confucianism, things like that. But I, I do appreciate, you know, with with uh, Buddhism, for example, you know, you you recognize the sorrow that 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 the world has, so you can appreciate the joy, right? So it's 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 you know, so going back to our our why do we just uh, push away all the shit that we don't want to deal with and just focus on the good stuff, you know, as, as in a Western culture, mm-hmm. you know, but in that Eastern culture, you know, they they understand that there's got to be some sorrow and dealing with that sorrow helps you understand that there is beauty in life and mm-hmm. that you can really live in that beauty once you deal with the sorrow. Well, it's definitely a dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely a dichotomy, but I think we're just, it's, especially from the westernized society, like we are ingrained as people to like not, we're just like, we have almost have to lie to ourselves to convince ourselves that things are okay. Yeah. You know, and you're right. It just ends up just running away from our issues or burying our problems. But then it shows up in our relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, it shows up in our nutrition and our self-care. It shows up in our thought processes. Yeah. Right. And then we wonder, like, what the hell's wrong? Yeah. Like, why am I waking up pissed? (laughs) Right. Every morning? Why am I burning through all these different relationships? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Why is this showing up in, like, my, you know, in addiction or things like that? Right. Like, and then, you know, we don't do the work until some people never. Yeah. But like some people, you have to go through this either traumatic event or like where you hit this kind of metaphorical rock bottom and then you start looking, you're like, oh yeah, I probably should have looked at that history of abuse that I went through. Right. You know what I mean? Uh Or this history of like the trauma that I went through or whatever the case may be. But we're just designed in our little world over here to not look at it because it's, it's, it's almost taboo to work on yourself. Yeah. You know, it is. Yeah. Most definitely. And you know, and it's, it's dirty. 
right? It's dirty work. It's not hard work. It's not easy work. It's fucking hard. Yeah. And so for me personally, my personal journey, and I've talked about this on previous shows, but I've, I've started to adapt more to plant medicines, you mm. know, plant medicines from, uh, you know, from microdosing to, um, you know, hop a to cacao, you know, everything from hallucinogens to just normal plant medicines, cannabis, you know, things like that. And, um, so my experience with plant medicines is that it's dirty. It's not clean. There's purging involved, whether it's crying, throwing up, pooping yourself sometimes. Like there's things that go, you know, it's not sideways, but that's the, that's the part of the medicine, right? And, you know, in in, uh, in our Western culture, it's so clean. Like we, we feel that we're not healthy, so we take a pill, and that pill we expect to just magically make everything better. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of like physical emotional just just dirtiness that went into you getting to that point that this one little clean white little fucking blue pill or something isn't going to fix right but that plant medicine that comes in it's as dirty as the thing that you need to get out of your system right and so like hoppe for example hoppe adds a lot of clarity to my life um, adds a lot of focus to my life but sometimes when I have a hoppe experience sometimes I'll I'll throw up or sometimes I'll sweat a lot or sometimes I'll have a, a cry right that doesn't mean that the medicine hit me in a wrong way. That medicine hit me the exact way I needed it to. It needed to get that negative energy out of my body in some kind of way. And once I do, once I deal with that and I'm faced with it and I'm able to process it in my healthy way, I get that negativity out and I feel like a beautiful human being again. You know, so sometimes like, we need to go through that dirtiness. We need to go through that physical like pain and suffering to get that physical like dirty ass energy out of our bodies. Yeah. Not just take some pill that's probably going to add a lot of energy, negative energies to your body. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're talking about asking people to get rid of instant gratification. Exactly. Yes. And that's a tall order, brother. It is. I mean, you're looking at big pharma. <clears throat> that's a billion dollar industry. Yes, you know, it you is. You look at the amount of antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication that gets prescribed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Xanax. You know what I mean? Good lord! Yeah, that's like a you know every other every other house. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? And and you know with a with a with a product like Xanax, for example, there's you know the studies. If you look at the FDA studies on that stuff, you can see that the placebo effect of Xanax is stronger than the actual effect of Xanax itself, right? Even on antidepressants. Yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know there's the the antidepressant companies and big pharma are working to get the placebo effect nixed from the, yeah. yeah, right? Because it's like, yeah, if you know that your body can create the chemical cocktail that this little pill creates, mm-hmm. then you don't have to have the side effects. You don't have mm-hmm. to take the drug. You don't have to be addicted to it. You can just think that you're better and your body creates the chemical cocktail you need to be better. Yeah. Huh. I know, What right? is that all about, huh? <laughs> I know, right? Jesus it, Christ. Just as you were saying, I'm like, I wonder how many commercials there are that advertise meditation. Yeah, right. Versus like antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications or things like that or sleep aids. Uh-huh. And they're like, Jesus, man. Yeah. There's a guy There's a guy named Simon Sinek that I love to follow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, love him. Big motivational speaker. When I was managing teams, uh, he was very just beautiful and just person to, to really get advice from and, and you know, just uh, uh You met him? No, 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 oh. no, no. Sorry, that means ta- like, I thought you were talking no. like you had a personal relationship with. <laughs> no, I, you know, I would, I would take little nuggets of advice from him as far as the speeches go that he'd have, and like, oh, cool, that's a little mm-hmm. thing I can tie on to, and and like mm-hmm. that can be part of my pre-shift this week, you know, something like that. Yeah. But uh, one of the things that he says is that um, I forgot now. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Just make it up. Yeah, I know I could, but you know, what were we talking about? Because there, there is a poignant, uh, there's a point to that. We were talking about um, like meditation versus big pharma. And, oh, and, yeah. Thank you. Yes, there you go. I got you. Um, so he was talking about how um, <laughs> in the uh, in the bookstores, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many self help books, 
right? <laughs> so many there's sections and sections upon sections of self-help books, right? And we talk about self-actualization, yeah. right? We want to find the ways that all of our talents and all of our experiences coalesce inside of our bodies, inside of our beings, and we find that self-actualization moment of the reason basically why we're here on this planet, right? Yeah. Self, self, self. Self-actualize, self-realization, self-help, right? How many group health sections are there in the book in the bookstore? How many how many what are we are we group actualizing? No. Right? So that's the thing, right? It's like we are we know how much community is important to us, right? But we also know that the self needs to be found to be a part of that community. Yeah. So one of the things I love about spiritual practice and what Simon Sinek said with that and the way it landed with me is that, you know, with with my spiritual practice, I've I've delved into my spiritual practice to realize how significant of a person that I am mm. because uh, before I, I didn't put much thought into who I was. I didn't have morals. I didn't have a direction. I was just kind of going along with whatever Western culture was telling me I should do. Right. So finally had a chance to step back and, uh, and evaluate who I was as a person, what I wanted to go, why I wanted to go there. Right. Yeah. And through that knowledge, now am able to move forward with a more conscious understanding of why I want to go to that place. Right. And so in that understanding of who I am and the importance of myself, I now realize how insignificant I am, right? Because you have to realize you're an important human being. You're an important part of this planet. Yeah. But when you realize how important you are, you realize, you see how small that you are in the bigger picture. And it's a beautiful thing. It's not a sad thing. It's like, I am a small part of this group consciousness or wherever you, wherever you find yourself there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to find yourself to self 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 actualize to to feel your importance, but then take that actualization moment, take that beautiful feeling you've made for yourself, and f- help somebody else find that. Yeah, 100%. you know, and that's where that group actualization comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where that group starts to community starts to come together, and we all grow as a unit together, and not just. Hey, I'm over here in Nirvana, right? If Buddha just stayed in Nirvana and was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. Good luck, guys. I'll send a manual on how to get here." <laughs> Follow the breadcrumbs. <laughs> meditate when you see me. Go back know. to the nineties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, you come back. You you teach. You 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 show the ways to get to the point to where you were lucky enough to find. Each but, one, teach one. Yep, exactly, man. I think uh, no, that's you, that's incredible. It's, it's and that's what I was talking about earlier. It's like it's selfish of you, not you, and just in general. How dare you? Yeah, right. No, but when you get the gift of freedom, yeah, right. It's like and somebody helped you or there was a guide for you to get there. Like somebody reached out their hand to, to be a part of that journey with you. Like I think the most selfish thing you can do is that to keep that for yourself. Right. 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 And like, that's, you can't by enacting and like actually being of service to people like you are, that physiologically changes your state. Yes. And it releases dopamine and it releases serotonin. Have you ever heard of the polyvagal theory? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah you actually introduced me to that. Oh, did I? Yeah, you did. Most definitely. Then my work here is done. I'll see yes, you later. Sorry. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> but you, you tap into that ventral vagal, you know, the ventral vagal nerve, which is connected to 12 different cranial parts or 12 different cranial nerves in your body and enacts your parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and relax, which then gives you a sense of comfort and ease and it actually puts dopamine into the reward center of the brain mm. just by interacting with people wow. and being of service. So you can essentially get high from working with somebody and actually being of service to them and helping them get through their life, which yeah. is why recovery works, which is why therapy works, which is why having strong emotional bonds and connections with people works and is one of the main foundations for eliminating depression or eliminating anxiety, yeah. right? The power of identification with people. I hear it. The wolves are out. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. But that's, I mean, but it gets so overlooked. 
yeah. it gets so overlooked because we thrive off of this sense of like, I have to be, do it for myself. I can't, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy. Right. I can't take time for that. Yeah. Right. Give me the pill. Give me this instant gratification and let me just, you know, be fine on my own. Yeah. Like, and, and, and worry about my own stuff and get caught up in that. And it's, and it sucks. It yeah. sucks. A lot of people get robbed of the opportunity to live just a, an amazing, an amazing life and to learn so much about themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. I've learned more about myself, not from self-worth, but by being around other people who are walking a path that is far beyond anything that I thought I could ever do. Yeah. Right. Like I learned more about who I am from surrounding myself with people that are doing things and, and living a life that I want to live. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And it's, it is, and it becomes evident because it makes me want to be better. Yeah. In, in the things that I do. Well, I mean, in humanity is in its basic sense. When we see another person, we're basically seeing a mirror of ourselves in that person. You know, if we're afraid of something that that person's saying, it's because we're afraid of something we haven't dealt with in our lives. Sure. So, you know, it's so when we when we see humanity, when we when we can embrace humanity, we're embracing ourselves. We're embracing the love that we have for ourselves. Right. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. And uh, you know, it's you know, back to like self actualization real quick, and that self defining and self, you know, that self, you know, we all go for the self kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, self made, right? Let's take that idea. Self made. I'm a self made millionaire. I'm a self made man. I'm a self made whatever. So you're basically saying not one single person has helped you in your entire path. Nobody gave you a chance. Yeah. Nobody saw something in you that was like, you know what, this person, I'm going to give them a chance at this. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave you, nobody gave you advice. Mm-hmm. Nobody gave you a dollar to help you in that investment that you needed. Yeah. Everything was done by yourself, self, 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 self. Right. I call bullshit on that. Absolutely. You know? And that's so, and I think that's that Western mentality. I'm a self-made person. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to put all this weight on my shoulders because I am the person that has the skills. But really, when you look down the line, you can see a lineage of thousands of people that has helped that self quote unquote made person. Yeah. You know, so if you can take that, that responsibility off of yourself and mm-hmm. embrace the help that you've gotten, mm-hmm. that releases a lot of the stress that you put on yourself to be that self-made person. I'm going to figure it out my own. I'm not going to accept help you're when tap- we always really do accept yeah, help. Yeah, you're tapping into ego at this point. I know, right? Oh, I know. Ego is a dangerous one. It's a dangerous one. <sighs> yeah. No, I think, and, and just as you were talking, there was it kind of brought to light too that it's not just the positive interactions and the people that have helped you along the way. It's the people that you may have caused damage to. Oh, yeah. Most you know, it's, it's, a, it's the relationships that maybe, maybe you know, you were a sense because you're you are you came and i say you in general not you adam yes because you're perfect yes. you're a perfect man there's a halo right up but here. there i know right it's blinding <laughs> but like I'll, I'll use myself for example there has been many relationships where i've been the common denominator of toxicity mm. right yeah but because i was not spiritually well i was not emotionally well i was not mentally well and i caused harm or i caused wreckage right, right. those to me are relationships even though they're not not present anymore and I'm not active in them, they hold a special place in my heart because I know that that's an like if I'm in not if I'm not in a good place in my life, mm-hmm. if I'm letting a negative source or if I'm letting toxicity overwhelm me, I can be I can go right back there. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter how you know I can be meditating on the Tibetan mountains. Is there mountains in Tibet? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, Himalayas. Yeah, Himalayas. Yeah, yeah. There you go. My name's Chris. <laughs> that, that master's degree. I have really, two. I have yeah, degrees. I have two degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I can be meditating on those mountains with, you know, Buddha himself and then walk down and just, you know, get into a fight at McDonald's. Yeah. Right. Cause there's a McDonald's at the bottom of the Himalayas. Isn't there? It's a totally, I'm sure there's <laughs> the golden arches at the, the bottom of the white arches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
like the ultimate out. frosty. I know, but but it's but like you know, like because if I'm not if if I'm I can just put on the show, but if mm-hmm. I'm not if in, inside I'm not well, it's going to show up. Right, and it showed up in the relationships that I had or the past relationships, and so I've got to constantly remind myself like that. If I stop doing the work, yeah. Right. If I stop engaging in this process of trying to better myself and to be of service to other people, mm-hmm. left to my own devices, my ego can come up. Right. My selfish attitude, self will run right. That can just completely be a narrative for me, and I can go right back there. Yep. It doesn't mean I live in fear of it. Right. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm at the mercy of it because you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. But just know that you know I sit before you a flawed man, and that flawed man can come up very, very quickly. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And you know I think. Uh, no matter what path we're on, what no matter what kind of level of whatever peaceful spirituality, <laughs> whatever you go to, right? Uh, we still have to understand that we're still humans, right? We're still going to get upset. We're still going to get triggered. We're mm-hmm. still going to get uh, angry with ourselves, with others. We're still going to have those grooves that we have, our stories that we tell ourselves that we have to be conscious and aware of. Mm-hmm. So embrace that part of your humanity, right? Don't just be this stoic fucking, I have no emotions anymore. I've reached peace. I find divinity in all of life and I see the the humanity and I love it all. Somebody's still going to piss you off, right? No, that's what I say every morning when I wake up. <laughs> I've reached, I've reached the peak. <laughs> <laughs> well, having my Folgers, this yeah, right. is it. Being... <laughs> oh, Folgers, you classy broad. You. you know it, man. Oh man, don't fix it. If but it's not you know, broken. like it's uh, we got to embrace that because that's part of it. If yeah. we if we just push aside that sadness that we have or that anger that we feel, that you know, why am I mad at my dog right now? Whatever it is, you know, it's like embrace that, chase it down, figure out why you're there, figure out that emotion, and then embrace that yeah. too. But you know, Ram Dass, I talk about him a lot, but Bob what? Ross. Bob Ross. I do love Bob Ross. I actually have some Bob Ross socks I rocked the other day. That was great. Socks? Socks, totally, man. Fucking happy clouds you, and pocket squirrels and shit, man. Would, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, uh, but Ram Dass, yeah. uh, the, uh, he might have been Bob Ross in a former life. You yeah, never know. Maybe, yeah. They just flipped a couple, <laughs> a couple of consonants. They just... <laughs> You know, but he talks about, you know, it, when he when he reached his Ram Dasness, you know, in the 60s and stuff, you yeah. know, he was expected to be this holy person, this divine person, just so equanimity and all this stuff that he, it drove him crazy because he couldn't embrace his emotions anymore. And it made him a bitter, horrible person in his own words. Yeah. And so once he finally embraced that divinity and his humanity and said, you know what, I'm if I'm angry, I'm going to say well, I'm angry and I'm not going to just lash out at people, but I'm going to try to explore why I'm angry, not just ignore it. You Check know? the facts, man. Exactly. Why are you there? Why, why are you having this emotion? Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's process it. Breathe through it. Meditate on it. Journal, mm-hmm. right? Whatever your healthy modality is for getting that thing, that toxic thing out of your body, figure it out. And I think, too, that it, it doesn't – there's no such thing as a bad emotion. Right. Right? Because there's no, there's no bad emotions. It just yeah. is. It's the bad reactions to them. I actually heard a quote one time that I love that um, all emotions are okay. All behaviors are not. Yeah. I just said that. Did you? Well, not that that exact verb, but that's a. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's a reminder. <laughs> you just me stole it. my yeah, thunder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said it much better, though. Yeah, I'll rewind. You said the it. Tape. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit that yeah, out. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah, no, Chris said that. No, but I love it because you know it it allows you to explore your emotions as they come up. Right. But as you explore that emotion, it stops it from becoming a behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you let it go, then that, that it's going to seed in there, and it's going to be. I just stole your thing, didn't I? Keep it going, baby. Yeah, I'm good. in it. I'm in it with but, you. But yeah, but you're clinical on this. I'm just, I'm just telling you stuff that I've watched on YouTube and, and heard from a from a Reiki circle. You know, 
<laughs> That's awesome. No, I, the, the word that keeps popping up to me in, in my mind is acceptance. Yeah. And, and I, you have to be able to have acceptance for both good and bad or all emotions or all thoughts. Right. Yeah. But know that they don't define you. You know what I mean? Just because you're feeling one way at one point in time does not, I, we get just caught up in this, like, God, this is going to last forever. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to get through it. Yeah. You like how I whispered there? God, yeah. This is gonna last forever. That's what your inside voice sounds like. <laughs> my, yeah. You ever name your inner dialogue? Um, no, but sometimes, um, sometimes my inner dialogue, uh, depending on who I'm talking to has a British accent. Okay. That's weird to me. So Reginald. Reginald. <laughs> that sounds like a good, <laughs> mine's Shaniqua. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know why. You just, but I just, just but, came in one day? But somebody, I don't remember if it was, so I, I read it somewhere, but somebody said, if you name your inner dialogue, right? Like, would you ever want to hang out with that person? Hmm. Okay. All like, right. and you think about it. No. No, not at all. That no. person's an asshole. A total asshole. Tells me the worst stories in the world. Right. I'm an asshole. You're a piece I'm, of shit. And I'm worthless. You're, you're worthless. You're totally. never going to like, and they're just living rent free, following you around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in a backpack and you're like, uh-huh. God. But, but I think in the context of like naming it, I'm going to do this with a lot of my, my clients. I have them name their inner voice because mm. I, you know, I ask them where they're hearing that. If they're actually hearing that from somebody else or if they're telling it to themselves, I mean, okay. of course, you know hopefully nine times out of 10 because there are assholes in the world. But yeah, like, right. We're telling it to ourselves. And when you name it, you give it an identity, yeah. right? You can approach it from a sense of self-love, right? So when your inner dialogue is saying like, you know, don't do this, you're going to get hurt mm. or don't let your armor down because you're going to be vulnerable and somebody's going to burn you like they burned you before. Right. right. Like you can look inward and say like, Shaniqua. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I made myself laugh. I mean, yeah, right. Shaniqua, you, can, yeah. <laughs> you can look inward and say Shaniqua. I know what you're doing. I know you're trying to protect me. Yeah. I love you, but I got it from here. Yeah. Right. And that's it. Mm. Right. And you can leave it there because it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Good Lord. It's a rabbit hole. Right. But like, if you just say, I love you, cause it's all coming from a sense of love of trying to protect you. Yeah. Right. So I, uh, it's, I'm, I'm so happy you, you went to this journey. Cause I, uh, I went on a plant medicine journey a couple weeks ago and, uh, and part of my journey was, so actually I think I, I've, I've inadvertently named my, my inner personality and, uh, it's corporate Adam. And, uh, but I've never, yeah. I've never named, I, I never thought of him as my inner voice. I thought of him as a portion of me that I'm trying to remove myself from. And so, really? yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And so this has all been coming kind of uh, unraveling over the past couple of years. Um, like I said earlier, I, I, I enjoy plant medicines and I use plant medicines in my, in my personal journeys to help, you know, me find clarity in, in, in my own right. And I'm not advocating that everyone should use plant medicines. This is just my own personal stories. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you have any questions, just see me after. We interrupt this program for a special <laughs> <and enjoy>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but so corporate Adam, um, so, and this is, it's, I'm so happy we're, we're talking about this because this is, I'm still unpacking this, but corporate Adam I've seen as a portion, a portion of my personality, right? Um, he's very analytical. He's very controlling. He's very demanding, um, uh, very put together, budgeted, you know, all that stuff, all the things that, that got me to a corporate life. Right. And, um, so I've been trying to decrease the seriousness of life that I have and uh, the way that I that I approach life is is this very analytical person, right? Right. And so I've been trying to push corporate Adam away and say, "I'm done with you. Get away." Right. Not I'm working, done. is it? Not at all. Right. Cro- <laughs> crowbar in there, you know, like peel him away. And so, and and you know, and now, 
and and he's digging in his heels, sure. and and it coming out even more. So you know now Get, Adam's more power. now yeah now Monica's like, hey, when are you going to deal with that corporate Adam guy? Because he's kind of an asshole, right? Because yeah. he's showing up in places he shouldn't be showing up. Mm-hmm. So my my plant journey a couple of weeks ago was part of that was to uh, to try to remove corporate Adam from me, right? And so I went in there with that intention, and um, so I. As I started to find myself in the plant medicines, I, I found corporate Adam and I held him and I loved him and I sent empathy to him and, yeah. and I said, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for getting me to this point. Yeah. Um, but I got it from here, but I got it from here. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was like, no, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. And he kept coming back. Like we had this conversation three or four times over the past, like over the, like the next couple hours. Right. Yeah. And I was crying and I was sobbing and mm-hmm. he was coming back and mm-hmm. I'm pushing him away. And we finally got to a point where, and this is a long story. I'm not going to go through all the details of it, but uh, we finally got to a point to where I understood why he needed to be a part of my life. And I appreciated the, 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 the comfort and the stability that he gave me. Yeah. Through my unconscious living. Sure. He was that person that kept me focused, mm-hmm. that kept a goal inside of my head to kept me focused on my family. How's my family doing? Are they surviving? Am I paying my child support? You know, when I was separated from my, my, my ex, um, am I paying my bills? Am I showing up as a human being? Protection. Even Exactly. So yeah. there is a very strong reason that person needs to stick around. Yes. And I, and I, and I needed to see that and we needed to have those cries and those conversations to get to the point of where I embrace corporate Adam. Mm-hmm. And it's so much so that, that I'm finding ways to, to work within those parameters. Right. So, so let's say corporate Adam um, needs a budget, right? So let's say like, okay, so 2021, I'm going to plan. I'm, I'm not working a corporate job anymore. I'm on my own. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm working on Reiki and sound healing and yoga. So corporate Adam said, okay, we need to figure out what our finances are. So we sat down and we made a budget and then gave that budget to this new Adam. And Adam made a, a, a flow chart. No, I'm sorry, not a flow chart. A, um, God, I can't even think of the name of it now. Uh, I cut out the pictures. No, not a spreadsheet. Oh, the non-Dadrina Graham. The, um, 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 starts with a C. Oh, God, I can't remember remember the name of it right now. Uh, we make them every year, but. No, no, no. This is going to piss me off. Yeah. It's a, I have one around here too, somewhere. There's, uh, not Dream Journal. (laughs) No, it starts with a C. It's a, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but basically it took my, took my (laughs) budget and turned it into okay. You cut pictures out of like magazines and you paste them on, and then you make this like thing, right? So, can't think of the technical name for it. I'll edit it in there somewhere, probably. No, don't man. Uh, Let it run. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but but the thing is, like, you know, so I took this collage. Collage. Yes, thank you. Took yes, thank you. Perfect. And so I took I took uh, you know the budget that I wrote and said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have this much money made from this much. I'm gonna have this much money from from this thing, and yeah. I'm gonna do all these things. Yeah. And I took that and I made it into a collage. And I took and I cut out like, okay, so I'm gonna do Reiki. I cut out things that reminded me of Reiki. I'm gonna do yoga. Cut out things that reminded me of yoga. All the like it's almost like an book. intention board too. Totally right. Yeah. yeah, definitely intentions. You know, and so like taking that idea and from a corporate level and making it more into an esoteric thing that yeah. I can look at every day, be proud of, know that that's my focus in life, and that I've done my due diligence as a human being that embraced my corporate side, embraced my divinity and working with both of those, I'm now able to create this product that I can move towards and be proud of. Sure. 
right? And so I'm still unpacking it. You know, it's, it's not it's not like okay, we're done, cool, thanks, corporate Adam. We now know where you fit. There's still a lot of things that are going on there, but it was so beautiful to have that understanding because I did not know that he needed to be a part of me still. Isn't that wild? Yeah, especially when it's something that we feel like we have to run away from. Had to. You like you to, are done. Get out of my you're life. You're done. You're done. Yes. But it serves such a purpose. Yep. It serves an absolute purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's all, I, I believe, and I like how you use this, like, I'm just going to hold you and tell you I love you. Yeah. Right? Because it's just this, and I, for some reason or another, I always, I kind of envision just a child. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's full of fear and, and full of worry and angst. And, mm. you know, whether that stems from some sort of trauma or something that happened. Right? But it's, bound, it's grounded in this fear of, you know, being hurt. Yeah. Right. Which is why that like voice is there. It's always trying to protect you. It's always trying to warn you of all the things. Mm-hmm. And it's always, it seems kind of so counterintuitive, but it's coming from a sense of love. Right. And so when you meet it with love and say, yeah, you, I get that. I get why you're looking after me. Yeah. I really do, but I got it. It's okay. Yeah. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Probably I'll talk to you in five minutes. Right. Know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. I mean? But it serves that purpose to where like when you, when you embrace that and you find that sense of acceptance, you realize that it almost empowers you to integrate this kind of self and saying like, oh, wow, there's this part of me that I've been running from hmm. for years Yeah. that actually is really trying to help me and protect me. Mm-hmm. And so when I embrace that, like you become more stronger and self-actualized, excuse me. Yeah. You know, then, then you were just kind of running and gunning by yourself. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, man, it's so hard. It's like, it's, it's, it's finding the appreciation for an overbearing parent, you know? Yeah. It's like, God, mom, don't, why do you got to text me all the time? Good why don't I got to tell you where to go? God, you're the worst. <laughs> then you're like, I love you, mom. You're the best. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you a hundred percent. No, but it's, but you're right. It's an absolute journey. And the funny thing is, is like when you kind of reflect on, you know, 10 years ago, like if the 10 year, if you could go back and talk to your 10 year, 10 year old or 10 years prior. Right. Right. And like kind of have these conversations, be it's a completely different person. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but those, that, that narrative is still there. Right. Right. But it takes going through this journey or it takes going through all these experiences or relationships to kind of come to that point where you cannot have that journey for yourself and say like, Oh my God, this person has been, this part of me has been trying to protect me for so many years. And then you kind of, I, I like to think of like 10 years down the road, but it's going to be like, cause it's going to be another, it's mm-hmm. going to be another person that you're going to talk to within yourself. We're sounding like schizophrenics right now, but that's okay. That's, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. When you break it down, of when course, you break it down. Well, actually Mike talks really, he, he, he worded it perfectly. And I've, I've heard a couple of other people talk about committees, you know mm. what I mean? Different managers for different oh, okay. managers for fear, different managers for shame or different, you know, and they have their own powers or their own, you know, their own responsibilities, but okay. they all act in a sense of service for how they serve you to get through this life. Oh, I love that. You know, committee, huh? I love that committee. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. The board of directors and their pal. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> all fighting for control. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. Where do you want to talk about now? Yeah, man. Um, so you're, uh, you, found a way to, uh, to meld spirituality with your clinical degree. I did. Yeah. And so like, I mean, that's, it's such a beautiful thing to see and know that that's happening now. So like, what, what has that path been for you? And have you been embraced with that? Or has that been pretty difficult? It's been, (laughs) um, it's been difficult. I, so I, you know, how can I word this? For me, I never, like, I, I went through this process of, you know, going to these universities and getting my degrees because I mean, my, my path lies in, in helping people get through their, their, their stuff mm-hmm. and being a, a conduit for them on their journey in some way, shape or form. Um, but it's also, there's this, you know, it's kind of bureaucratic because it's evidence-based treatments mm. that you have to go by. Um, you know, for, for, especially in the clinical world, which I, I, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
I didn't really prescribe to a lot of what I was learning in school in the sense of like how to be a therapist, right? Because it kind of comes off on this sense of almost like an authority figure, Mm -hmm. right? And I have always, always, always been grounded in the belief that I'm a human being and I'm I'm meeting with other human beings and I'm on their level, right? Which is why I've, I've always thrived on this identification process of being able to be transparent with what I've been through, Mm. um, which involves personal disclosure, right? Now, do I sit in a room with somebody and tell them all about myself and make them listen to me? (laughs) No, no, but I I, I kind of have been on my own in the sense of, well, at least when I was going through the process of getting the degree and the clinical experience, Mm -hmm. not so much where I'm at now because there's a lot of like-minded counselors, which I'm very blessed for, but... um, the people that I was kind of being trained with were like adapting this theoretical orientation of like, well, I want to be somebody that's a person centered or okay. I want to be somebody that's acceptance commitment therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy. And like, kind of like, how can I learn all these different techniques and like utilize them mm. in, in the room, which is like important, I think for them. But at the same time, I think you run the risk of looking at somebody as almost like a, not a dollar sign, but like not on a human level. Right. Yeah. And you remove yourself from that. Right. And it's been scientifically proven, scientifically proven that when you can connect with somebody and they trust you because they can see you, right? that's when healing happens. Mm. That's when the armor gets left. Oh, I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the world that I'm in with professionally, that's not really prescribed. Right. You're not really supposed to disclose parts about yourself. Okay. You're supposed to be very shut off. Yeah. Which seems counter-fucking-intuitive. Yeah, it does, man. It does. Because right. why are you supposed to connect on a human level if you're, like, omnipotent above? You know, not like- only that, but, like, if you go into – and uh, disclaimer, I am not knocking it. Yeah. This is just my journey. Yep, right? definitely. But when you go and somebody's looking at you as, like, you know, something they read out of a textbook mm-hmm. of how to treat you, right? Like, that's – you can't connect there. Yeah. You can't, especially if you're the client or the patient. Like, you're already having some reservations because you're like, okay, I can tell this person's not here with me. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And I notice it too. Like, a big thing is like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to therapy, but there's a lot of times where, like, this session's done and they turn around and they're like, they, you know, bring out the card so you can bill them or, you know, like, they swipe yes. your card and stuff for the totally. copay and stuff like that. And you're like, dude, but then what the, f- what was the last 50 minutes? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's transactional instead of like therapeutic. Yeah. yeah. And so f- for me to answer the, the question of like this blending the spirituality and the clinical side of things, like I, you know, I'm licensed and getting licensed, you know, m- more so as, as time goes on, but spiritually, right. Like that's my job is not to be like a, you know, me versus them or me higher than them. Right. It's to be one-on-one with them and to be in the shit mm-hmm. with them. And to be able to say, okay, you know, give them a hug after a session and, right. and, and, and you know, connect with them on a human level. Um, and that's taboo. Mm. It's very taboo. Um, and it's not really prescribed by a lot of therapists. And it can be, you know, frowned upon. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, and that's okay. But that's where I think, you know, at least my, my profession kind of falls short, I think. Yeah. Is that we just, we, we focus so much on like a... You know, how can I treat? How can I treat? How can I treat? Rather than how can I be? How can I be? How can I be with them? Right. Yeah. You're not with. You know, you're not. You're not in that moment with them because you're relying on what you read, or you're relying on how to treat, or you're relying on which direction to go. Yeah. You're waiting for your turn to speak, rather than listening yeah. and being with them. There you go. You know. Yeah. And so, 
Yeah, I don't know. Did that answer your question at it all? It did. It did. And actually, it's it's funny that that ties. So uh, for a little while, I was a teacher trainer, you know, and I was training teachers at a yoga, you know, how to how to teach and stuff like that. And uh, to to the point of like seeing people as a textbook, one of the things that a lot of trainees uh, trainings try to get across is dialogue. Right. This is the dialogue for this pose. This is how you keep people safe, and that's how they frame it. This is the safety of this pose. So let's talk about that. Here's the dialogue to make it feel safe. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Right. But not every body is put together the same way. We all have different injuries. We're different sizes. We're yeah. different shapes. We're all different things. Right. So there's not really a technical pose that fits for every person. Right. Yeah. There is generalities and safety as far as alignment goes. But yeah. outside of that, it's unique to the individual. Yeah. So what I would try to do is get people out of the context of memorize this dialogue to keep this person safe. Right. No, teach to the fucking room that you're in, right? You have 20 people around you that are all put together differently, that are all in this pose in a different way. So instead of memorizing what you're trying to put out there, look around the room and see, okay, that person's knee is a little too far in front of their big toe. Everybody pull their knee back so their knees over top of their ankle. Sure, that's a sure. universal alignment that's going to touch everybody. Yeah, that's not something you've memorized. That's something you see and you're adjusting from there. Okay, everybody drop your left shoulder. Cool. Wow. The entire room just got in better alignment mm -hmm. because you're teaching from that place of being present to the people that are there, not from the memory that you're trying to recall. Yeah. Right. And that's where that's where that humanity, that connection humanity. that you talked about. That's exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. you got you connect at a human level. If you're sitting there stumbling over what you're trying to remember, what was that thing? It was the thing. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh, here you go. Now there's a cue. It's like okay, you're you're creating distrust at a subconscious level with that person. Yeah. Because they can tell that you're trying to remember something. You're moving. And from not them. exactly. You're not conscious and present with that person. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Oh, and by the way, vision board was the thing I was trying to think of. Oh, I struck vision out. Board. I said collage. Yeah. Hey, I... collage is it's a collage. It's a collage. <laughs> but the vision board that was the the technical spiritual term for vision board. Right, so but I digress. Uh, but yeah, so. either way, it was arts and crafts, man. That's all you just Elmer's glue, that glue the sticks, and construction paper, man. Yeah, it's good times, man. My hey, come over every Thursday, yeah. we're doing construction paper yeah. stuff, but yeah, but you know, like, but take it out of the yes, uh, like have the context, have the information, but then be present with the people that are there, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a it's a delicate thing. It really is, especially when you get into the you know the, the clinical world. Um, you know that's why the, the clinic idea that I have. You know, yeah, I love that idea. Uh, <laughs> it's but that's the the foundation of it, right? Because yeah. you're not it's not a patient doctor type of thing. It's not a client. I don't believe it's a client therapist type of thing. I think it's a, it's a it's a spiritual being type of thing, right? Right? Like, you know, I. That's why I, I said earlier, I, st I sit before you a flawed man, you know what I mean? Just because I went to school and, and you know, got licensed here doesn't mm -hmm. mean that, like, I'm better than or holier than thou. Right. Right? Like, I, what, getting out of brass tacks, like, I'm not going to sit there and think of, like, okay, well, reflective listening or paraphrase or how do I, you know, how do I treat this person, this and that. Right. No, I'm going to look in their eyes and I'm going to be with them in that moment. Yeah. Right? And that's, that for me is, the, it's, I've, <laughs> dude, I've done a lot of drugs you know, I've mm -hmm. drank a lot of drink. I've gotten a lot of highs in my life, but being in the presence of somebody where they've breaking through something and they've had that personal spiritual experience of recognizing that they're not, they have the freedom from bondage. Yes. From something that mm -hmm. they've been shackled with their entire life and being in that moment and being just a small portion of being able to help them change that. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. You it's, can't you can't read that. You no. can't you can't sit there and you know watch YouTube videos or training videos or like do mock sessions and then 
have yourself be prepared for that, right? Like right. it's not anything that you're pulling from a memory of like stuff that you've studied. Yeah. Like it's you being a person and being and allowing that person like I'm here, I see you, mm -hmm. I'm with you. Let you know, let's go on this journey together and then have them walk out of that room and leave that baggage there. Yeah. It's a man. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's absolutely. It's intoxicating. Yeah, it is. It is, and that's you know, it's what one of the things that keeps me coming back to Reiki and sound and the the healing modalities that I know and that I can trust. It's that is that exact feeling, you know, and and it's not. And and this is something that that I've um you know I've come to grips with very very early on. But you know, it's it's uh, the word out there, the healer word. Right. Uh, technically like Reiki sound shaman. practitioner, healer, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Shamanistic stuff like that. But what we got to understand is that like, you might go see a healer of whatever healing modality you're a healer in, you know, in the Western you know, sense you're clinically, you know, diagnosed or uh, diagnosed, you're clinically, diagnosed. Yeah, you're diagnosed. <laughs> but you have your clinical degrees and things like that. Um, but what we need to understand too, is that 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 person is there to help you on your healing path. Yes. They're not your healer. You are the healer. You yourself can heal yourself. Oh, you're on fire. Ah, hey, oh, boy. Hey, hey, hey. oh, boy. That was hot. Yeah, I think the air conditioning just kicked in here. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's it's can you I go see amen? somebody right, <laughs> to help you heal. But that person is not yeah. going to wave a magic wand and be like, bibbity bobbity no. fucking you're healed, right? No, they're going to hold space, give you the tools that you need to help you on your own personal journey. Yes. Because... That healing is yeah. so beautiful to the human being, and it's not like somebody else can do it for you. That hard work is up to you to do. You know what? One of my favorite um, – I don't remember who said it, but one of my favorite things that I learned in my academic career was the goal of therapy is to end therapy. Mm. Mm. And I was like, what? And it's like they're not going to be with you forever. They shouldn't be with you forever. And that's why I think you're talking to is being at the, this this on their their journey, right? Yeah. And being a part of their journey. But it's their their journey, definitely. Right now, like obviously, if you connect with somebody and you stick with them to process things, mm -hmm. but like ultimately, when somebody goes to therapy, they're going because there is something wrong, right? And like to be able to purge that. From yes. themselves and to be able to find that healing, right? And so the goal of therapy is to come in and to process that and to give them tools and the skill set and, the, you know, help them find their own morals and values and their compass right. and give them the tools to be able to, all right, now off and go, you know, mm -hmm. now go give it away. Yeah. Go give it away. And I love that. I mean, that, that concept in general just speaks from a place of abundance, not a place of scarcity. Sure. Right? Because in a corporate way, you could be like, no, you want to be in therapy your entire life. Give them a reason to keep coming back. Why yeah. we got to keep that, that revolving door coming back in, 100%. you know, ROI, where's my ROI, you know, <laughs> but you know, but that yeah. place of abundance is like, you know what there are and unfortunately, but fortunately there's a lot of people that need help. So get people the help that they need, get them secure, mm -hmm. strong in their own personal values and their own personal toolbox, set them out there, know yeah. that they're, that you're there as a person they can call back on, but sure. let other people come in and start finding their healing as well. I think one of the best compliments that I ever got in session was somebody came in and we started and they said, I'm trying to figure out something to talk about. Oh, right on. And then, you know, cool. we've been doing the work for six months and I'm like, all right, you're ready. That's awesome. Off you go. Wow. You know what I mean? And it seems so trivial, she but it's a little like, tear. You're like, oh, oh, it was so emotional proud. because you know this person. I mean, strong PTSD and trauma. Mm. I mean, the loss of loved ones. Yeah, you know, but to be able to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to find something wrong. Yeah, like, okay, cool, great, off you go. That's that's the greatest gift that I can get. Yeah, you know? I love that. So you uh, you had mentioned uh, the clinic idea that you have, and I know about that. Uh, is this a platform you want to talk about that on? Can I talk about it and be like technically copyrighted? Because like, <laughs> no, oh, that's fair. No, that's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
I mean, we don't have to talk about no, it. No, I would love to talk yeah, about I, it. It's a great idea. You know? Well, now whoever's listening is like, talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, do it already. Um, sure, yeah. Okay, well, I can use... You don't have to divulge the entire idea, just the concepts of. You know? Well, the, the, I think we, we were touching on it. There's We live in this world where we um, it takes multiple practitioners to fix um, different parts of our life, and we rely on that from, you know, especially when you go to the doctor. The analogy that I use when you go to the doctor and for a physical or something like that, and they mm-hmm. give you 16, no, that's a high number, four or five different referrals based off of whether you're struggling with sleep or whether you're struggling with like your weight or mm-hmm. whether you're struggling with certain things. And they say, okay, they give you the activism summary and they're like, okay, now go home and call these different people and schedule all these different appointments right. all across the city or at different clinics, right? Outsource them. Mm-hmm. And so somebody that's coming into the doctors is like already overwhelmed with their health, already overwhelmed with anxiety or depression or something like that. And they don't know how to fix that themselves or they don't have the tools. They go and they have this, maybe 20 minute, 15 minute session where they are, I mean, how, when you go to the doctor, like right. when the, when the doctor's talking to you, like, I don't know a lot of people that retain everything that's said. Oh my God. No, I, I record no. it now because I just like, you do? No, totally. Man. <laughs> Most definitely. Two reasons. One, because there's a lot of information. Two, because my brother came out of anesthesia one time and we were recording the doctor to make sure we got all the stuff that he had to, you know, do and yeah. all the stuff. And we recorded, video recorded, the doctor talked to my brother and was like, uh, the doctor's like, hey, you're coming out of it now. Are you feeling all right? Everything good? And my brother said, uh, well, my penis is still there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just like, hey, you got to record that shit. You never never know. The same when I wake up in the morning. That's what the first thing, yeah. (laughs) Is it still there? But no, so you leave, Uh right? Already kind of like, okay, well, I came in for one problem. Now I apparently have five. Right. Right. And so now I have to go home and either wait for these people to call me or engage in this whole process again. Hmm. Right. Now, granted, there are medical issues that people go in that like if you need gastrointestinal surgery or open heart surgery, right? right. Like that's probably something that you want to follow up on that referral for for the cardiologist. Yeah. But in the basic holistic healing, right? Sleep management, stress management, um, nutrition, exercise, hmm. right? Like all these different things from like an Eastern medicine um, standpoint. Right, I think can be prevented from self-care. Right, right, and by doing the things that we've been talking about, whether it's you know mindfulness and meditation, meeting with a therapist in a holistic standpoint, taking mm-hmm. care of your body, you know, not being a dick to people, right, yeah. right, eating lots of vegetables, whatever the case may be. Right, right, and so my idea is that, well, I think we should cut out the middleman. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, if you imagine a clinic, and this is trademark idea theft, can't happen. It is. It's, right? Right. Yeah, there's a timestamp on this, right? Beautiful. Yes. Um, so my idea is that I have a clinic, right? And you walk in, and it's an open floor, right? There's no fluorescent lights. There's a skylight. Like, there's, oh. a, there's a pond. It's a beautiful kind of naturistic thing. Love that. You walk in, and if you want substance use treatment, you can have that there. And the next door over, you can have a Reiki session the next day over or the next day over the next office over you can have mental health therapy mm-hmm. right but all the practitioners for the clinic that i'm going to open are hand selected and have the same vision and the same idea mm-hmm. and the same morals and values and standards for healthcare, right they're not high class doctors they're not you know the white coats and everything it's people that actually yeah. genuinely give a shit about helping other people that are clinically certified to do so and so the idea of somebody coming in taking the referral kind of <clears throat> the referral analogy, right? Like yeah. if you walk in and say, okay, what's your main concern? Well, I'm depressed. Okay, well, here's some sessions 
like that will set up for mental health therapy, mm-hmm. but how do you feel about maybe nutrition or this or that, right? And then taking that person that you've connected with already, that and we'll call them a person, not a patient, not there a client, you. but oh, a person. I love that, yeah. Right? And then walk out and go five feet or 10 feet to the left and introduce them to the person that they're going to be seeing the next week. Yeah. Right? And physically sit there in that room with them and have that connection. Oh, and, and you know, in the, in, the, in the clinic itself, there'll be yoga, mm-hmm. there'll be a gym, there'll be a, a licensed nutritionist, there'll be a licensed sleep management specialist, right? And so you have all these holistic avenues, but they're all within 20 to 30 yards of each other. Nice, yeah. And so the idea is that somebody's not going to be sent, shipped off with this huge, you know, all this paperwork of like, well, what do I do? How do I do? They're going to have a safety, like an actual plan mm. set in place by the time they leave. Yeah. So you give them an hour and a half and they walk out and they're like, okay, Tuesday I'm going to be meeting with Adam. Wednesday I'm going to be meeting with Chris, obviously depending on their time and their schedule. Um, another thing I have in mind is um, meal planning for, mm. for like, you know, say a single mom comes in and is really stressed with like trying to budget finances or this and that. And like right. They come in and like we have a section of the clinic that actually has pre-planned meals. So if they have to come in after working a nine-hour shift, right, and they go to pick up their kids from daycare, they mm. don't have to worry about cooking when they get home. So they get shipped off with a meal. That's beautiful. And, you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking about also throwing in help, um, child care too, mm-hmm. you know. And so having, you know, if you have kids and you need to obviously the help that you want right like we can watch your kids for you for the hour right, right? at yeah. not a thousand dollars a month right right yeah. and there's going to be a lot of pushback with it mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of pushback with it because there's going to be a lot of money that you know it's it's uh, unfortunately it's a money money thing it is you know it's a I mean? corporation it's it's you know it's our our medical industry is right. a, is a for-profit industry just like our military sure. industry. You know? but my belief and i will have this belief till my dying day is that everybody Everybody deserves a chance at a, at a great life. Definitely. Everybody does. And a lot of that, the stuff, the medical issues that we run into, especially in the United States, can be minimized by attacking these, or addressing, not attacking, addressing these different avenues of health. Oh. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. That's great, man. That's great. I think, you know, it's it's so beautiful to keep that all in one place. And, you know, it's, it, I, I've not, I've been fortunate enough to not have any major um, medical issues in my life. But my father passed away 12 years ago, and he had, like, a litany of just fucking problems, right? It was like watching a bad episode of House, right? They just kept diagnosing him. That was wrong. Diagnose him. That was wrong. Diagnose him. That was wrong. And then he died. You know, so yeah. it was just – and it was it was so disheartening to see him walk away from these doctor's appointments with, like, homework, right? Here's a, yeah. here's a book of homework. Here's a textbook of shit that you need to figure out about and you. And come see like, me in six months. Right. It's like, what the hell? It's like, I it's have a disconnect. job. I'm sick. I have all these things I have to do. And then I have homework too, you know? And so, yeah, to have it all in one place is just, it's such a beautiful idea. Man. Well, can you imagine like, and this is what gets me giddy is like having a mental health session or, you know, being treated for substance use. And then after that's done for an hour, going to get a workout in. I, yes. Or going to get a yoga session in. Definitely. Going to get a massage mm-hmm. or something like that. Like you're going to, I mean, people are going to be walking out of there. I'd walk out of there being like, holy Moses. Yeah. You know, but that's the point, right? Like you shouldn't leave a doctor more stressed. All right. Yeah. Wow. Right. You know, novel concept. What? what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. God so, damn, man. so that's, so that's the goal. It's going to take a long time to get it off the ground. Um, it's going to take a lot of work. Um, but, you know, when you talk about your calling and you talk about what you want to do and, and mm-hmm. how you want to, you know, what kind of stamp you want to leave on this world, yep. you know, I, I always envision, you know, there's that this, 
this, you know, like a single mom of two that's really struggling to make ends meet that is, can't, you know, afford a $600, $700 doctor's visit, right? let alone all these other things for childcare. Thing, you know, and so it's an, I think it's a noble cause, but at the same time, I keep that in the back of my mind right. that that's the person that I'm doing this for. Right. That's beautiful, man. So, yeah. And that's, you know, cause you, you talked, we talked earlier about self-actualization, you know, and yeah. that, how that, how that coalesces into a group moment. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you've just defined that, right? You're taking all the skills that you have and the ideas and the passions that you have as a human being and you're actualizing as a person, right? And you're embracing all that that you have yeah. to help humanity, yeah. to help the community that you, that, that is around you, that is, that all needs help. Right. Yeah. And that's such a beautiful thing to not only fulfill the thing that you need to be fulfilled within yourself, but uh-huh. then to just help other people find that, that peace in their own life. Well, I want people to have the same mentality that I have when I was going through my stuff. Like, why not me? Right. Why can't I have that life? Why can't I have the life that I, I deserve? Right. Right. And like we get people get thrown these obstacles that they don't deserve to have. They get put up with these emotional barriers or external barriers and they get robbed of the opportunity to live this amazing life. And I think that when you get the opportunity to live your own amazing life, you damn well be trying to give it back to somebody else. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, that's 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 where I'm that's where I'm heading. I love that man. I love that. I was uh, I was fortunate enough to be given um, uh, some attention by a manager when I was younger, and kind of same idea. It's like you know somebody took the the moment to look at me and say, "Hey, I see something in you that you might not see. Yeah. Let's nourish that, and yeah. let's 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 let that let's let that marinate and come into something that's beautiful, yeah. right?" And, and, and since I had that emotion, since I had that, that, that moment with uh, Jeff, you know, good, great dear friend of mine, still a mentor of mine, that's that, that directed my management styles going forward, right? Mm-hmm. I, somebody took time to see something in what he called, and this is his words, this fucking dirty hippie over here, uh, you know, cause it's long hair, smoke, smells of, smells of weed, you know, all this <laughs> stuff, you know, this is before I had my child. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, but he he saw something in me, and he took that chance, and he and he he developed me. He he cultivated the the skills that he saw that I had, and, yeah. and saw me as a human being, not as a, not as a pet or a toy or like this project, but like, hey, this guy's got some things to figure out. Let's help him figure that out. Yeah, you know, and that's that's something that will never leave my consciousness. How and many years ago was that? That was two thousand four. Okay, so, so six, seventeen years ago, and that stuck with you, and you still oh, think about that. Hundred percent, man. That's that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. and it's not, it's not an ego thing. It's not like I'm going to say something to you that's going to change your life, but it's, it's giving you the opportunity to realize it for yourself Yes, and to just play some small part in being able to just kick down some sort of barrier. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we, we all have it. We've all had it. Yes. Right. And some people still have it and they, they, you can feel it like in your heart that you're, you know, there's something out there that you're not tapping into. Right. Right. Yeah. And, but you don't maybe have the tools or the skill set to be able to, to get through the stuff that you're getting through. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so going back to what my buddy said, like if we, if everybody had this opportunity, whether it's mindfulness or like this kind of, you know, overall well-being of betterment of your life, if mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to do that, Jesus Christ, man, be able to break through, talk about freedom from bondage. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I love that, man. And, I'm, you know, I know you've, you've talked to me about that idea and, you know, anything I can do to be of help, please let me know. Uh, I, it's just, it's such a beautiful way that I hope that 
I, you know, to be fair and to be frank, I hope somebody does steal this idea after you've gotten it off the ground because more yeah. people need to be doing stuff like yeah. this, you know? Uh, you know what? To be fair, like if I, and please don't steal this idea. Don't steal this idea. But if I, if I woke up, you know, and then I saw this clinic in action and, and just, you know, see the effects that it has on people, especially low income yeah. and the socioeconomic, you know, and like bridging that gap, mm-hmm. right? Like you're talking about making adjustments to poverty lines and, and, you know, and, and, um, welfare and all these different things. Mm-hmm. Right. And reducing, um, suicide rate, reducing high cholesterol rate, reducing, you know, they're all factors with stress. Right. You know what I mean? And like yeah. the, the worlds upon worlds of impacts that you can make by addressing this holistic standpoint of healing. Right. Right. It's something that we have to tap into as a society. We yeah. absolutely have to Most tap definitely. into it. And it's, you know, because what we're doing is not working. Yeah. There's a, you know, especially like with the, the, the division that we have right now, mm-hmm. um, especially with the amount of, you know, with big pharma, yep. especially with all these things, like we are missing out on the opportunity to take ownership of our lives and to live the lives that we want because we just, we're relying on somebody else to fix it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's based off of fear of not being able to, f- fear of not feeling like you can do it yourself, fear of not having the skill set, mm-hmm. fear of not being able to have some sort of conduit that you can tap into. I don't know what that is. Right. But... I think more people have to, they, they deserve the opportunity to live the life that they should. Yes, most definitely. There's a, a study I read recently that talked about um, people that live in that, that point of stress, um, stress from not knowing where their next paycheck's coming from, stress from not knowing how they're going to feed their family, how to, how to feed themselves, like stuff like that. Yeah. That, the, that amount of stress, which a good portion of us live in, knocks your, your, your IQ points down 13 points. Yeah. So basically... You're, you're operating at your best in that stress at your best. You're operating from a point of intoxication on yeah. a regular, on a regular basis. Yeah. So think about if you had to live life four drinks deep, maybe five drinks deep at all points in time, how that would just affect you as a human being. Mm-hmm. And that, that, just that idea, that study increased my empathy just for humanity in general yeah. by just knowing that that's what people are going through it is to know that that you know that you have five dollars to spend on food right now that five dollars could buy probably a half of a salad which is very nutritious and great or it can buy a hamburger like five things a hamburger helper which will feed your family for probably five weeks right one is very much more nutritious than the other mm-hmm. but one is going to stretch longer than the other Right. So having that idea that, you know, that that person's making that sacrifice and through that sacrifice to feed their family on a longer term basis with less nutrients is going to diminish the uh, it's going to basically malnourish the brains of the people that they're trying to feed. Right. And so like all of these factors go into it that we just take for for granted of like, oh, they just made a bad decision. Why don't they just buy salads? Why don't you eat better? Why don't you exercise more? It's like what else goes into that decision that you have no fucking idea, you know? And so when I, yeah, just, it, it just really helped me just put in perspective the empathy that, that I'm not having for people. Sure. You know, and so, you know, kudos to you, man. Thanks, man. Love that, brother. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like I can talk to you for hours. We, we always what was do your talk record? for hours. Four hours. No, two hours. <sighs> two hours. Yeah. We're about half an hour shy of that, but, you it's know, all right. we can uh, keep going. No, I'm getting tired of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, this uh, is wonderful, man. Yeah. I really appreciate you having yeah. me on here. I, you know, I appreciate, you know, us finally recording a conversation that we have so I can sit back and, and just, Embrace how the the wisdom of Chris Pugh. Don't say that, yes, jackass. Yes. Love that <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get we we I, we were nearly as raunchy as we are sometimes when we get on our tangents. Wow. But that's I think that's good. Well, we got 22 minutes. Yeah, we still got 22 minutes. Challenge accepted, brother. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I, well, I, there's still that first part, the first 10 minutes of the conversation that I haven't added in yet. Oh, if we, good. If we add that in, we'd have to put if the you, rated X on here. Yeah, if you actually did that, then that clinic idea, everything would just go down the shitter. Yeah, be like, totally. this guy's a joke. Yeah, we should not go to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this, he is, everything he said was bullshit. Damaged goods, that guy All is. contrived. Yeah. Uh, uh, but well, d- yeah, dude, uh, I love the shit out of you. And too, I appreciate all of the, the knowledge and wisdom that you have and the friendship that we have and the, the growth of both of those things. And, uh, and I look forward to having you back on and, uh, and I look forward to, uh, to any help I can be in your path. And I do embrace and appreciate all the help that you've been on my path. Oh man. God, you're a beautiful man. I was from your mom. Was that? Yeah. Love you, Mrs. You, you, had, you actually had it written on your, <laughs> you thought it was a tattoo. No, that was just written on my hand. I love you, brother. You're, you're one of my favorites, oh, man. God. It's, it's a blessing to be on this journey with you. And, and, and I mean, I'm so, so proud of you and the success that you're having with different things and different and And the fact that it's, it's your passion is just, it's, it's wonderful to see. So oh, well. you keep doing, you, you want to hear a joke? You yes, want to close with a yeah, joke? Let's close with a joke, man. Um, well, let's see. Did I tell you I ate o'clock the other day? You did not. It was time consuming, especially when I went back for seconds. And that's the comedy, folks. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Tip your waiters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you so much for spending time with Chris and I. Uh, if you like the conversation, please share it with your friends, your family, anybody that might get something from it. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe. And uh, let's keep building that community. We love and appreciate everything that y'all do. Obeisance and love to you all. And see you next time.